Good morning and happy Easter. If you are sitting in your underpants, uh, I'm going to ask you to stand with us and we're going to join millions of Christians all over the world and we're going to say what they say. I'm going to say, he is risen and you're going to say back to your screen, he is risen indeed. So let's do that. Let's stand. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Well done. You know, there are words and sentences that have almost an ability to etch themselves into our lives and into our minds. I'll give you a couple to get you started. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It's etched into us, or I have a dream. Then there are those moments in our lives that we'll never forget, that moment where she said, I do, I will. That moment when she said, I won't. We've got these things inside of our, our hearts and minds. They get deep into us. When you sat down with a, a doctor and she said to you, it's a boy or it's a girl. Or for some of you, it's twins. Surprise. They're, they're these moments that we have in life. And then they're the hectic ones. I'm leaving you. She didn't make it. Mom didn't get Easter eggs. These, these moments, they deeply affect us. You remember things like, you made the team, you got the promotion. All of these, these words, and they, they etch themselves in and they give us joy. You won the lottery. No, you didn't win the lottery. But today I want to look at the greatest words or word ever uttered by the greatest man who has ever lived. In fact, never throughout history, anywhere, at any time, by anyone, was the, this was the word more pregnant with meaning than this one word given at one time by Jesus Christ. And it is the word that he said on the cross as he hung there about to die. He shouted it out. He said, tetelestai, it is finished. The word, it's a Greek word, it means it's completely complete. And uh, this word, it, it signified a number of things. It was the word that was used when you would pay for something, and in, today we say paid in full, they would have said tetelesta. It was the word that was used when a, a servant came back to his master, he'd been given a mission, he'd been given a job to do, he'd come back to his master and he'd say tetelesta. It is completely complete. And when Jesus came to the Father on the cross, having done all that he could do, living perf perfectly with no sin, having served God and taken the wrath of God's anger upon him, he shouted out, tetelestai, it is finished. Easter is a celebration of those words being true. It is the proof the resurrection itself is the proof that those words are true. And so today, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to look at first the early church and then look at a, a sermon from Peter in Acts where he speaks about the resurrection. But to start with the early church. You know, the early church didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have church buildings. Everywhere they went, they were persecuted. They, uh, they only had this word, tetelestai, and the proof of the resurrection. And everywhere they went, they would say, Jesus is Lord. They were saying, he's finished it and it's proven in the resurrection. And everywhere they went, they would be killed. 
Because everywhere they went, people would say, Caesar is Lord. And there were 12 Caesars. And so what would happen as they would go is that the Christians would say, there've been 12 of you, and that dude died, and that dude died, and Julius died, and, and Tiberius died, and Vespasian died. Every Caesar has died, Nero died, Domitian died, but our dude, he lives. Jesus has been resurrected. And though they were persecuted and killed and burned to the stake, and though they were put on crosses, they would keep saying, he lives. He's been resurrected. And the result of that was that in about 70 AD, they estimate there were somewhere between 20,000 and 40,000 Christians. But by the time they got to 250 AD, there were close on 2 million Christians in the world. The church exploded despite the fact that they were being persecuted. The church exploded despite the fact they didn't have the church buildings, they didn't have preachers. They just went out with these two things. It was all they had. Jesus had said, Tetelestai. And the resurrection proved it, that his job has finished. So Peter gets up after he's been filled with the Holy Spirit. and All of his friends have been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a huge crowd listening, and he begins to preach. And as he's preaching, he says these words, People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you, he points at them, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. I love those words, for death could not keep him in his grip. See, the resurrection it, it proved firstly that Jesus is the Son of God. If you were a disciple, even if you're a Bible reader today and you, you don't necessarily know whether Jesus is the Son of God, there's so much evidence as to Jesus being the Son of God. They're, they're demons. The demons called him the Son of God. At other times they called him the Holy Son of God. Demons said it. Disciples said it. They would say things like, Jesus, you are the Messiah. Jesus, you are the Son of God. And when I think about it, if one of my mates were to say to me that he was the Son of God, I would book him an appointment with a psychiatric ward. I would, I, would, I, I would very much not believe it, but it wasn't just Jesus' friends, it was Jesus' brother. Jesus' brother James wrote the book of James, and he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Try convincing your brother that you are the son of God. There was people, there were demons, there were his signs. He did some nifty things, walking on water, raising dead people. He had some tricks. He had some stuff that he could do that proved that he was the son of God, but there was nothing that came close to the resurrection to prove that he was son, the son of God. In fact, in Romans 1, 4, it says, Jesus was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever thought this through, but if Jesus had done, gone to the cross and he hasn't, hadn't been raised from the dead, he would have landed up being a perfect man. He would have been Gandhi on steroids. 
a sinless Gandhi. He would, have, he would have been awesome and a model, but not God. And the result of him going to the cross would have been the punishment of sin, his sin, which he didn't have. It would have been the punishment of sin if he'd had sin, but it wouldn't have saved us. We needed the resurrection for our salvation. We needed the resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. We needed the resurrection for new life. The resurrection was the proof that he was the son of God. Pause, edit, go back. But unquestionably, the greatest testimony to the fact that he was the son of God was the resurrection. In Romans 1.3, it says, in this earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are many cases of people claiming that they've been raised from the dead, and uh, I'm not sure about the evidence, but what we do know about Jesus is that when he was killed, he was killed basically on a freeway so that everybody could see. And uh, when he was raised from the dead, he'd been in the tomb for three days. There are no cases today of people who've been dead, proven dead, for three days and then raised from the dead. Jesus was dead dead. And when he was raised from the dead, the scripture says that over 500 people saw him. The 12 apostles saw him. People who didn't like him saw him. Jesus was resurrected before everybody. In fact, most historians say it is undeniable that Jesus was crucified and, and it is very, very difficult to deny that 500 plus people believed that he was resurrected because most of them died. The evidence for Jesus being raised from the dead is huge. But perhaps the biggest difference between the resurrection from the dead that we hear of some people say today and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead was that Jesus told everybody it was gonna happen. In fact, there are about 100 prophecies about Jesus, many of which were completely out of his control. The one that was most out of his control was the resurrection of the dead. And so Peter, preaching in Acts 2, he says this in verse 25, King David said this about him. Now he's quoting a prophecy written hundreds of years ago. It's from Psalm 16. And he says, For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you fill me with the joy of your presence. Those prophecies, they contained where he'd be born, how he'd live, and where and how he would die. And, and Peter picks one randomly. And then he says, dear brothers, think about this one. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of his own descendants would sit on the throne. David was looking into the future and speaking about the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. The big idea, and my second point around the resurrection, is that the resurrection proves that the Bible is true. 
all those prophecies would have been null and void if Jesus was not raised from the dead. His resurrection makes us know that we can believe the scriptures. And so when the early disciples went around telling people about Jesus, they would say, look at what he promised. He's been promising this for hundreds of years. It is true because he's been raised from the dead. The resurrection proves the Bible is true, and the resurrection proves when Jesus said tetelestai, he had done enough for the salvation of the world. You know, in verse 32, Peter goes on, he says, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. If Jesus had gone to the cross and died, and he'd stayed dead, he would have been Jesus Christ, the model man. He would have been Jesus Christ, the Gandhi on steroids. He would have been exceptional, arguably without sin. But if he'd stayed in the grave, we wouldn't have been saved. In fact, Paul says, if Christ hasn't been raised, your faith is futile, you're still dead in your sins. The resurrection proved that Jesus' mission was accomplished. Now, for many people when you talk about sin, it's not personal, we, we kind of think about sin as an abstract idea. And so I've got one friend, he said to me the other day, Ross, I fundamentally believe that people are good and I can understand where he comes from. I've got an uncle who says to me, if everybody just lived in moderation, this world would be fine. But I wanna show you that that's not true. I was reading a, a book on artificial intelligence. It's written by a Chinese author, fascinating book. And uh, it says that in China, it's completely different to how things work in the US. In, in China, everybody is about one generation away from poverty. So their parents were in poverty. They're kind of seen as the generation that's gonna get China out of poverty. And then it goes on to explain how the way they work in China is that everything is a race to get rich. They, they wanna break that poverty, give back, they wanna create wealth as quickly as they possibly can. And so things like copying other people's ideas is not a big thing in China. You do that, there's no patent that protects stuff. And so you just copy and you do whatever you can to make money. And, and so this author, he's writing about the Chinese and he, he's talking about why they have such an edge on the West because it's just go, go, go. How do we make as much money as possible? And then he says, and when they really get AI into the world, 70% of people's jobs will disappear. And in this moment, as I read that, I saw sin. You see, sin will prioritize me over them, my wealth over their poverty. It'll prioritize my race, my family. Sin, it's, it's prioritizing something that makes me happy over others. And sin, it cuts off relationship with one another, it breaks that, it breaks relationship with God and it destroys us. us. And so God looks at sin 
And the scripture says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he says, the only thing I can do is punish this. And when Jesus shouted tetelestai, what he was saying was, I have taken the punishment. It is finished. It has all been poured onto me. And when Jesus was raised up from death, it was a moment where everybody looked in and went, my sin has been taken care of. Now that may not mean that much to you if, if you're not a Christian. But I led someone to the Lord the other day and it reminded me of my salvation. When I put up my hand and I said, Jesus, come into my life. And I felt in that moment a peace. And it wasn't just a peace of tranquility. It was a peace that there was nothing between me and God. I didn't need to say, sorry, please don't punish me. There, there was a peace of, we're at peace. There was a, a Muslim lady who, who came to church the other day. And because of Tetelesta, she came to the front, she was prayed for, and she'd been deaf her whole life in one ear, and they prayed over her. And because of Tetelesta, because Jesus took all the wrath of God, she could be healed, because by his stripes we're healed. I'm part of this alpha group. And uh, I've watched every week as people's lives have changed because of tetelestai, because Jesus finished and took everything on the cross. In fact, if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, he couldn't go to heaven. And if he didn't go to heaven, he couldn't pour out the Holy Spirit because Jesus says to everybody, I need to go to heaven. And when I go to heaven, I will pour out the Holy Spirit. If, if Jesus hadn't tetelestai, if he hadn't completely completed that sacrifice, he couldn't be raised from the dead. He couldn't have gone to heaven. My alpha group couldn't change. I, uh, I called my, my kids over the other day, and I prayed with my little boy to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as I was praying, I saw tears well up in his eyes because of Tetelestai. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. There are moments in my life that that. I live righteously in moments that I fail. And Jesus, who's the advocate, who intercedes before the Father, because of tetelestai, he could be raised to advocate for me. He could forgive me, and I could be cleansed of my sins. Friends, many of you know about Jesus. But if you don't know Jesus... If you don't know this tetelestai for yourself, then you are missing out on eternity beginning now and here. You're missing out on a regeneration of your spirit and you're missing out on Easter. The resurrection of the dead, of Christ, followed by us, is a promise that I will put a new life into your heart and it will change you. And as I, I've watched addicts be changed and I've watched murderers be changed and I've watched people in prison be changed and I've, I've watched friends be changed, I want to promise you this, that God wants to give you resurrection power today. And so I wanna lead you in prayer. As Justy comes up to, to worship to a last song, I wanna lead you in a prayer asking God to give you resurrection life. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life,
you want to start it like this and just say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Thank you for tetelestai. Thank you for your completely complete mission accomplished sacrifice on the cross. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for raising Jesus from the dead so that I too can be raised from the dead. Thank you, Lord, that I can have the Holy Spirit because of that sacrifice. Now, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. If you prayed that prayer, well done. I believe that people who pray that prayer in faith, they'll they will literally begin to feel the change in their lives. If you are yet to feel a regeneration of your spirit, though, because this is Resurrection Sunday. This is available for all Christians at all times, but on this Resurrection Sunday, I'm praying that God does something specific and special in your heart. And so, if you want God to fill you, because Jesus has gone to heaven, He's pouring out His Holy Spirit, won't you pray this, Lord Jesus, thank you that you've died for my sin. Now you pray, pray this just like my little boy prayed. Jesus, please fill me with your Holy Spirit and resurrection life. And the scripture says you should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says that we should sing songs unto God. And so as we wrap up this resurrection service, there's, there's no better way to do it than to sing a song unto God. And so Justy's going to lead us in a short song. And then my prayer is that you'll go out in your family, in your home, wherever you are, and you'll bless each other. And you'll share Easter eggs. May God bless you. Let's sing together. Oh 
Jesus Christ, my Lord. 